Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's U-N-I-F-Y-D healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Hey guys, this is Impact Wrestling superstar Rachel Ellering, and you are listening to WNBA Nation. 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Hey guys, this is Liz Candace. This is Nikki Collins. What up guys, this is Ethan Stark. Hey, this is Imani Lee Stafford. Hey, this is Jordan Canada. This is Asia Wilson. Welcome to the WNBA Nation. How's it going, WNBA Nation? Uh, welcome again. Uh, we are very excited. We have a special interview today, um, and we wanted to get a chance to dive a little bit in this. If you have been on the WNBA Twitterverse over the last week or so, you might have caught wind of this, and we were excited to get a chance to chat with her about this. But today, we have a very special guest, uh, Impact Wrestling Knockout. Uh, do I call you a superstar? Impact Wrestling Knockout I'll do it. Superstar Rachel Ellering, uh, recent, recently uh, knockouts tag team champion, bronze medalist uh, to her own right in uh, the World Powerlifting Championships. I could go on a bunch of accolades. You guys are going to, if you're new to the wrestling world and this is your first time hearing from a wrestler, you're going to get to know her. You're going to be very glad you did. She's fantastic. But Rachel, thank you so much for taking the time to join us. Hey, thank you so much for having me. I'm I'm thrilled to be here and share my love of poops with you guys. And I, we can talk a little wrestling as well. <laughs> now, I wanted to jump off with something that might be a bit of uh, a surprise um, um, because we, we just uh, before we started this, talked a little bit about um, um, wanted to talk basketball, maybe wanted to talk wrestling. I got to be honest, I saw your Twitter profile and I want to jump in immediately and talk a little bit about sea otters for a second. Oh, if you don't mind, it's going to be a great interview already. I, <laughs> I, uh, I saw that. Yeah. You're a sea otter enthusiast. I thought that was interesting. So, um, I, I can share my perspective. I'm curious. Some people just do that on Twitter bios to be fun, but is that a for real, for real thing or, uh, that is a is, for yeah. real, for real thing. I, uh, that is so funny that you kicked the interview off with that. I'm thrilled to talk about them. So, you know, the last year and a half has been really tough for a lot of people and not to just immediately go into a very heavy subject. But you yeah. know, at the start of the pandemic, um, I was working with WWE and they released now throughout the pandemic, you know, probably about 100 wrestlers. And so myself yeah. and my boyfriend were two of those people. And, you know, our entire adult lives, we've you know been committed to being the best pro wrestlers we can. And, you know, WWE was my dream job since I was you know, in high school. And so that was a really tough time for me. And at about that same time, the Vancouver Aquarium 
they got a rescued baby sea otter in and they started to have a live stream of him. His name is Joey. And, you know, now he's over a year old, but every day, I'm not kidding when I say that every day, you know, we'll have Joey on in the house. And now he's with, you know, the seven other otters there. So we've got to see him kind of grow up and, you know, he was like seven pounds when he was rescued and now he's just a big chunk. And so, (laughs) it was just so good for our mental health, you know, to just watch something so pure and the people there that took care of him and, you know, they start with bottle feeding him and now he's just thriving. And so it was such a positive point of our day. And throughout, you know, the last year and a half, we've learned so much about sea otters and we just are in love with them. And so uh, yeah, I added that in my bio with pride. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's fantastic. I uh, I bring it up because I so otters are weirdly a theme in our family. We, uh, my wife and I went to we visit. I remember visiting the Seattle Aquarium on our honeymoon, and uh, like the last exhibit there is their otter exhibit, and we legitimately just stood there giggling to each other as complete adults. Um, I remember we bought an otter puppet there for a long time. It was our Christmas tree topper, so we put a Santa hat on him. And it was Otter Claws. That's who our topper was. But now um, it's it's used daily because my my son just turned three. Uh, we like to read to him throughout the day, especially before bed. And he won't read with mom and he won't read with dad. He has to read with Mr. Otter. So one of us have to put on the otter puppet <laughs> and and Mr. Otter has to read with him every day. So when I saw that, I was like, oh, I, I already feel a kinship there. That's perfect. So oh, I, I love that. That is that's such a great connection between us then. Yeah, I, I'm so thankful for them. I, I jokingly call them water teddy bears and <laughs> they, uh, they have gotten me through some difficult days in the last year and a half. Just they're, you know, they're so calming and, and adorable, right? When they hold hands, mm-hmm. I could just cry of happiness. So I'm, I'm yeah. glad we have that in common. No, absolutely. I, I, I'm glad we were able to dig in on that because it, it had been in my mind since I saw that, but obviously we're, we're here to, to mostly talk about basketball. I know a lot of um, us picking up on you uh, came from a Twitter thread where you had a chance to dive in a little bit on on what women's basketball meant to you. Um, you and, and, and Chris Hira, your boyfriend, were able to uh, head out to a Phoenix Mercury game, um, which is one of the best venues in the entire league. I And so we really wanted to get a chance to hear your story and and really what got you into the game, um, what drew your kinship to especially UConn basketball and Diana Taurasi and everything that kind of comes with your story and, and how basketball was a big part of it. So diving into it, what, what would you say would be one of your first main memories of following women's basketball growing up? So I started playing basketball when I was in sixth grade and I'm from a really small town in central Minnesota and being competitive and feisty uh, were not really things that people love to see in women athletes there. Yeah. And that's been me since I can remember, you know, I played football, you know, at one point and I was on the guys team cause we didn't have a girls team. And, you know, now even my profession being a professional wrestler, you know, that's, it's a very male dominated sport. And so being competitive and fiery is me. It's part of who I am. And, So that was really shunned upon when I was growing up by coaches and teachers. You know, I'd had extended family members tell me it wasn't ladylike to get so, you know, upset at calls and games and stuff like that. And I can laugh about it now, but at the time it was, you know, really difficult to kind of just my mom was my biggest supporter 
in being, you know, a true competitive athlete. And then I ended up kind of getting into the U of M, you know, the Lady Gophers, their basketball mm-hmm. team, and they had Janelle McCarvel and Lindsay Whalen at the time. And yeah. it was easy to fall in love with them. But uh, I didn't pay much attention to UConn D's freshman year, but her sophomore year, you know, kind of when she burst on the scene, I just saw her and saw myself in her and and just fell in love because, you know, anyone who's seen D knows she is the ultimate competitor. And, you know, mm-hmm. she will talk her talk and she'll bark back at the refs, bark back at the other players. And like, there's no hesitancy there. And I was just drawn to her and I, I fell in love. And so I became a huge UConn women's basketball fan in, you know, about 0203 and just was, you know, have been with D ever since. She's been a part of my life for almost two decades and is still, you know, my my ultimate sports role model, you know, one of my heroes still to this day. And so that's kind of how that all started. And um, it, it was a funny kind of meeting where I think it was the 2004 Final Four was when the U of M Lady Gophers played UConn. And, you know, it's my mm-hmm. the love of my life, Diana Taurasi versus my home state team. And, you know, I loved Lindsay Whalen and Janelle. And so it was a, a tough matchup for me to watch. But yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that was really the first time I was torn. Like, ooh, do I back someone else other than D? No, no, I got to stick with my girl. So it paid off for oh, me. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. That's um, and that was such a. I remember that uh, was was that oh four. Um, yeah, was... yeah. I think that was oh four. Yeah, because I think that was really the first year that that D was at the complete helm. Sue Sue had just entered the league, and. Cause they overlapped for one year and then she came in and yeah, I mean, that was, that was the year UConn in terms of basketball in general took over. I think both teams had won titles and that was such a fun roster um, and lots of fun. And, and yeah. To like, you know, see them in sports illustrated magazine and, you know, even just in a small town in Minnesota, you know, see our local papers talking about that matchup and stuff. And uh, you know, I just, I can look back on it and smile and, I think of it so fondly because that was really when I fell in love with, you know, just yeah. women athletes being strong, incredible figures for me in my life. And, you know, it still shapes who I am to this day. Absolutely. I, um, you know, the, the adage that you had started that story off with really sticks with me is that idea of, uh, I would almost say decorum when it comes to women, women's basketball, I think honestly, I, you know, and you can correct me if I'm wrong. I feel like women's wrestling probably has some of that similar ethos that has probably needed to be fought recently is that idea of, um, you know, the, there's certain things that, you know, that term ladylike always stood out to me, which was, you know, even as someone who before we were following the WNBA growing up with that, my sister is four years older than me. So I watched her all through her high school sports and she had a very, she's very similar. And she had a very similar um, personality as you had brought out with yourself and, and with D where she's very competitive. She's very feisty. She, she would get heated on the court. She'd get heated. She played soccer. She'd get heated on the, you know, on the pitch. And that was something that she used to always say was, or people would often say to her is like, no, like you need to calm down be respectful. And I remember my dad talking to her once and saying like, screw that, be you like, you know, if you're mad, be mad, you know, don't get in a fight. Don't do anything, you know, dumb, but, like go be yourself. That's what makes you good at what you do. And D has always been kind of almost the, the, the patron saint of that, of 
go and do it your way and, and succeed your way. And I've always loved that. I, I'd be curious, are there any um, other Yukon players that, that since that era or even before that era that have been high on, on your roster? I know he's a big part of your love and support, but um, you know, do you kind of, do you have a top five in your head? Do you have players that have been a lot to you in time? That is so, so hard, but um, you yeah. know, looking, going back and watching Sue, I, Still to this day, obviously, she's still, you know, kicking butt out there. She's incredible. Rebecca Lobo is obviously very influential. Maya Moore, who, you know, I got to see in person a bunch of times at Minnesota mm-hmm. Kids Games, you know, and that was just a treat for me to kind of follow her career and then have her come to Minnesota. Um, and then currently, you know, Paige Beckers is a Minnesota girl. Oh, and definitely. So, yeah, yeah. So I'm I hadn't even so made that cool. connection in my head. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm thrilled for her, you know, very early success, obviously, just in her one year there. But um, I know great things are to come for her. And I'm, you know, just from a fellow Minnesotan perspective, you know, I'm all in on her doing well. So, yeah, you know, the UConn is greatness. And, you know, growing up, I always wanted to be the best in literally every single thing that I did. And still, that is exactly who I am now. Right. And so I. I just kind of saw myself and how, you know, Gino ran that team and pushed everybody to be great. And so I, yeah, I, I'm all in on UConn still to this day. That's great. And I, I love you bringing out, uh, you've, you've already called out quite a few members of, of that. I'd call it historic links roster. The success of the Mercury with Tarasi and, and her ladder championships and that four out of seven year run that, Minnesota had overlapped a little bit. Um, you talked about how Minnesota and UConn were torn for you. Has that been a, a place of contention for you as well, of supporting hometown with following D to Phoenix? Where where would you say your fandom lies when it comes to the W? Yeah, you know what? That's a I I haven't really stopped and looked at it that way, but it is true that that 04 Final Four, you know, the tearing at my heartstrings there has kind of mm-hmm. been you know, a continuous thing really now that I think about it, because, you know, when D was drafted in 04, I just instantly, okay, well, I'm a Phoenix Mercury fan, <laughs> you yeah. know, and I got it. I've got her Jersey and I'm ready to rock. Right. And, uh, but it's, it's difficult because, you know, Minnesota became so great. Like you said, you know, that stretch really just the last decade, they've been absolutely incredible. And, you know, I was spoiled and got to go kind of see them before they were great. and then get to mm-hmm. see them become good and the arena would get a little fuller and then you see them really succeed. And so I will admit that the links are my number two, but you know, when D retires, when D hangs it up, I, I maybe will go all in on the links, but we'll see. Well, and that's perfect because a, a lot of Cheryl Reeves ethos when it comes to drafting recently has been, you know, find me the, the most balanced UConn player. Uh, Nafis has become a star. Dangerfield's become a star. I mean, she's really found a way to transition those levels of talent in 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 one way or the other. Because um, I think Fee's been, um, she, I mean, uh, there have been cases this season, especially where where Minnesota's looked like a very scary team, and it's when when Collier's playing at her fullest extent that's evident. Uh, and so I think you'll be in a, in a good housing there. And that's of course to assume where we'll see uh, DT uh, retire anytime soon. I think if she could choose, she'd play well into her fifties. So we'll, we'll have to see. Um, yeah. Selfishly, <laughs> I, I would love to see that, you know, and, 
after they just won gold again when she said, you know, we'll see you at the next one. I, yeah. I, oh man, I got awkwardly excited. I was like, is she, <laughs> is she for real? Like, okay, was, I'm going to be there with you, girl. Like, let's do it. All right. One of, one of our co-hosts immediately texted me right when she did that and was like, she ain't kidding. I, I, I really think she's showing up in four years. If she has anything to say about it, we're going to be seeing her. Very healthy and she can do it. You know, she'll be there. And who's going to say no? I mean, uh, you know, she's got it in her. I think her and Sue are just driven to to do this forever as, as long as the machine will let them. So, and, you know, they've been such big ambassadors in one way or the other. I, I'd love to get a thought of, do you have any non-UConn players where they're, you know, from any of those schools? Obviously, you talked about Minnesota with McCarville and, and Waylon and company. Um, you know, are there any other players that you recall having an affinity for in, in, following the league or, or was it pretty UConn centered? Were there any rivals even that you look at? Should I not mention Candace Parker? Should I you know, steer clear of any names or. It, it is so funny. You mentioned Candace right away because that <laughs> UConn Tennessee rivalry, you know, with Pat and Gino and then just, you know, both incredible teams always so well coached. And I, I almost feel bad saying it now, but I hated Candace during college years just because she went to Tennessee. And, you know, now as an adult, I can step back and realize, man, she really is, you know, a top 10 all timer. And I'm thrilled she gets to be in her hometown this year. And, you know, that that's great. Yeah. You mentioned Lindsay. Lindsay Whalen would probably be my top non-UConn pick uh, just with that Minnesota pride and, you know, her ending up coming back and playing so many great years with the Lynx was really, really special. Um, mm-hmm. And then, you know, growing up and watching Simone Augustus, she's an LSU girl. So, you know, I, I loved her and enjoyed watching her play. I was sad when, you know, when she went to L.A. and But it's great. She's on their staff now and such. So those would those yeah. be a couple. I am uh, just for one thing really quick. I'm honestly flummoxed. You really know your stuff. Um, if, you know. It makes me nervous. It makes me nervous for anything I say about wrestling. I'm going to sound like a novice uh, no, because you really please. done your homework. <laughs> no, no, don't be nervous at all. Please. I love it. I know. Yeah, I love it. I wasn't kidding when I tweeted like basketball was the first love of my life. And, you know, it'll other than pro wrestling, you know, it, it'll forever be my favorite sport. And there's nothing yeah. I enjoy more. So I'm I'm yeah. just so pumped I get to talk about this, you know, with, with yeah. someone who knows what I'm actually talking about. <laughs> exactly. I, when you brought up Candace, I do have to make the comment that we recently did. Uh, we we intermittently will do a special series called W History where we'll dive into a player's history or something like that. We recently did that with. Candace's rookie season um, with the Sparks back in 08 and how weird strange rivalries seem to constantly follow her because she obviously the, the last stage of her time in with the Sparks was that Sparks links rivalry for a few years and how that was headed by Candace and Sylvia Fowles who were big rivals in college. Now they're big rivals again in the pros against each other. Um, they're right next to each other on scoring lists and, you know, and other things, they have such an interesting play. It's interesting how that's played a role, but you just talked about how, um, you know, having the platform to be able to talk about your, both of your, your big loves in life is exciting. And it's interesting to me because, and I've talked about this a bit with, with our co-hosts before is I feel like women's basketball and women's wrestling have seen a similar growth trajectory over the last few years. And, seeing where the the WNBA has risen over the last few years is exciting because 
it's setting foundations that are going to help it catapult popularity wise and um, really build it into the mainstream sports zeitgeist for a long time. I mean, everything from what they've been able to accomplish this year with the, the W25 campaign and uh, even just new, the new uniform rollout and the excitement there, you know, everything on top of that. And I think with, with wrestling, you know, I've been watching wrestling um, since 96. I'm, I'm a, I was a classic NWO uh, recruited kid. I was, I think I was seven years old when the, all that was happening in WCW. And I remember watching that and getting really caught up in it. And since I was a kid, I was pro WCW. And so I thought, you know, and I, so I grew up at a time when women's wrestlers, it was a real state of flux, how they were treated, how they were uh, promoted on the show. And especially if you go just a few years after that and, and what eras those came into, um, these last several years have been really, really fun to be a fan of women's wrestling because we went from a time when it seemed like, um, will we be able to get, you know, for mainstream promotions or we'll be able to see women featured heavily on a strong card. And now we're in an era where, you know, from one standpoint, you're looking at two WrestleMania main event matches featuring women, which has been fantastic. Um, obviously you're an impact, which is no stranger to, featuring women heavily on the card. I mean, you can go back to the, the Gail Kim awesome Kong days, even before then um, where that's been a stronghold, but I guess this is all just me setting the stage to ask, what do you think has really kind of led to this resurgence in almost women's sports in general over the last few years where we're starting to feel it's not even a buzz anymore. It's just a pure movement. Um, And what do you feel needs to be done to continue pushing that forward? So it can continue on the mainstream. Yeah, I think you're 100% spot on with the correlation between the growth of the WNBA and then women's wrestling kind of taking that step forward in the last five to 10 years specifically. Um, when I first started watching wrestling, yeah, there were a lot of women that I did not look like on TV. And uh, it wasn't until, you know, I saw Beth Phoenix and Natalia and Austin Kong, like you mentioned, that yeah. I realized, oh, you know, you can you can be a strong athlete and do this. You don't have to be, you know, swimsuit model because that has never been me, will never be me. And, you know, it's kind of like I said earlier where I saw myself in D where I was allowed to really embrace and be confident in being competitive and fiery and, you know, emotional on the court and caring about it and, you know, understanding how hard it is to be great as an athlete and great at anything. Um, you know, that that was kind of that moment for me in wrestling when I saw myself in those women. And so the last couple of years, I think what's helped is I think more people feel confident in sharing their voice, you know, whether yeah. that's online, whether that's in, you know, I started going to Lynx games, for example, in probably 05, 06. And Target Center was pretty bare at the time. Mm-hmm. And you know, it was pretty easy to get great seats because they were not anywhere near selling out. And now, yeah. you know, look at what they've built. Target Center's packed. Anytime I, you know, fly home to Minnesota, if it's during the season, I have to go back to Target Center and see the links. And, you know, it's so fun to see that and see people coming out and recognizing women as the great athletes they are. Uh, you know, put them up against anybody and they're great. Like the WNBA is the best basketball you're going to watch. You know, and I think women's wrestling is some of the best wrestling you're going to see, you know, across the board, whether you're into Lucha, whether you're into, 
you know, Japanese strong style, whatever your vibe is. Like, I think, you know, the women are so special to watch and tell great stories and, you know, are incredible athletes. And so I'm proud to be a part of this current era of wrestlers because I know there's girls that, you know, watch and can now see themselves in us. And yeah. especially in impact, you know, our roster is so diverse. You know, we've got women of every shape and size, you know, young and old and anything in between, you know, experienced and rookies, um, you know, good, bad and tweener, whatever you want to, you know, we've got the whole range of women like that. And I think it's just great for younger girls, especially to be able to turn on a TV and see themselves, you know, and, and be confident in that. Like, like I got to do when I saw D and, and those women wrestlers that I mentioned. Yeah. I want to say it's your current tag partner, uh, Jordan Grace, who has the, this is what a professional wrestler looks like that banner, uh, from that, from that photo shoot. Um, and I have, I love that because, um, growing up a wrestling fan, I was, I, I never was drawn to the prototypical, I call it like GI Joe action figure style wrestler that everyone, that when, when people ne- like don't know wrestling and they think of it, they probably think of those types. I was always pulled in by those that were, that were different in a lot of ways. My sister was the same. I kind of brought her up when she watched wrestling with me. It was WCW back in the day and she didn't get to see the women a lot. So her favorite wrestler hands down was Bull Nakano. She loved her. Um, yeah. And she just, but because it was just, she was so different and she was like, she loved my sister loves horror films. She loved that Bull Nakano like scared the crap out of her. And, uh, cause she was, that was her look and that was her feel. And she stood out so much. And I, I look at, uh, the impact roster, especially where if you go through that knockouts roster, you're going to find something that appeals to you. You're going to find something that excites you, you know, whether it's yourself and, and Jordan, whether it's, you know, I'm sorry if this is bringing up negative feelings, but whether it's the influence, whether it's, uh, you know, Rosemary and Havoc, you know, there's so many different personalities and feelings that you can connect with so many people. And, and so much of what makes wrestling work when people have asked me in the past, why do you watch this stuff? It's, it's that connection. It's, you find that story, that, that character that builds a connection in you and it, and it, it's exciting. It gives you a reason to follow something and it's always fun to me. Um, you know, and you you made a, a a comment that I've made a ton since we've been following the WNBA, which is the WNBA is the is the one of the most purest forms of basketball you can watch, and that's what I love about it. You know, I always called it kind of a wrestling purist or a wrestling nerds par or uh, sorry, basketball nerds paradise because you just can can really uh, love and enjoy the game more than anything. Um, and so I, you know, my thought on your head. If you're, I had one question, but I want to get to that in a second. But, you know, if you're talking to someone who's, you know, loves basketball, but their only experience is really with the men's game, with the, the NBA proper, what, uh, or sorry, proper was not the word because they're both proper leagues. That's why I often call it the MNBA. It helps me differentiate. But um, if someone's only familiar with that side of basketball, you know, what would you say to them in terms of why investment in the WNBA or investment in women's basketball in general is important? Yeah, I We're would tell them. Yeah. Oh, I mean, it's the games are are always exciting. I, you know, just watching any team in the league is great, but I would probably explain it to them as it's basketball in its purest form. Like you said, it is it is a team game. It takes all five women on that court playing together, you know, and working in the system that they're given, you know, with that coaching staff where 
when you watch NBA games, I love watching the NBA as well. So, no, you know, it's mm-hmm. no knock on them because I, I thoroughly enjoy watching, you know, NBA seasons. But um, it can be a little bit more individual. You know, if you've got a star or a big three, right, you know, you can usually predict how far people will go. And so I think as an NBA fan, I would maybe compare it to watching the Bucks this past year, right? Giannis mm-hmm. is a superstar and he's absolutely incredible. He's going to be one of the greatest of all time to do it. Uh, but at the same time, they played a little more team oriented ball, you know, as opposed to some other teams like Brooklyn. And so mm-hmm. I, that's, that's the WNBA and that's all year, every game, you know, it is truly team basketball in its purest form. And it's competitive and I'm just amazed by them every year. You know, the, the level gets raised every single season. You know, we've got kind of Sue and D and, you know, Sylvia, that era of women is getting towards the end, but it's like, Oh man, look at all these incredible players that are, you know, in their second, third, fourth year that are about to just take the league in a whole another great direction. Right. And so it's just never ending greatness. Yeah, I love that. And it's interesting because they're always those classic, I would call them troll responses uh, when it comes to to people and making negative comments on women's basketball. Probably one of the biggest ones is always dunking for some reason. There's this obsession with. Uh, yeah, uh, just, yeah. And you never BG, see dunking. BG's been throwing it down all season. Yeah, Come on. yeah, exactly. It's it's uh, it's becoming almost a moot point. But it's interesting because on the wrestling perspective, to me, that's like saying you would only watch wrestlers if they're seven feet tall. Uh, and no disrespect to The Undertaker and Kevin Nash, but um, the you you need a little of everything in flavor to make it work. You know, re- the beauty of, of professional wrestling to me is there's a thousand ways to win a match, and and so it's it makes it fun, it makes it interesting. There's so many different things you can see and watch. That's basketball to me. There are so many ways you can score, so many ways you can win, and that's what makes it fun. And and team basketball to me is always more enjoyable um, than, than star focused basketball. And that to me is what the WNBA that's, that's a lifeblood to it is, is taking those ingredients of your roster and making them work, turning them into something special. We, we have a season right now where we were coming into a year where we had a star in Candace Parker, moving to a new team. We had stars coming back from injury. We had all this stuff happening and all of a sudden, here come the Connecticut Sun, who obviously have stars in their team, but are known for being this this team of of parts that work together, and they're building momentum at the right time. They're the top seeded team in the league, and you know they're building all of this momentum. It's really interesting how um, all those ingredients can can really come together. I I did want to take some time and call this one out because I thought. Um, this was um, really standout-y for me, but um, in talking about getting people introduced to women's basketball or women's wrestling and, and helping them, you know, understand what it can perform, um, the timing of this couldn't have been more perfect. I know Gail Kim yesterday officially announced Knockouts Knockdown October 8th, um, which is a return of the one night only uh, Knockouts Knockdown events, um, an opportunity to showcase the the Knockouts roster in women's wrestling uh, for the entire night, I'm not sure how leaned in you were to that announcement, if that was new for you when that first came out or if that's something that was on the horizon. But what was your reaction um, to the news uh, that that would be taking place next month? So I was not privy to that information. So I got to find out the same as everybody else. And, man, I was so thrilled because, you know, those type of specials are really what 
made me fall in love with wrestling. And you get to just see an entire card, an entire show of all women from commentary, the ring announcer, the referees and every girl, you know, it, all the matches. It's it's all women. And that really is like the shining example of how many yeah. different types of women are in professional wrestling. And so I was just absolutely thrilled. And it brought back some good memories for me because I was on, I think, two of those. Uh, when I was maybe a year, a year and a half into wrestling. And so I was just a little mm-hmm. baby at the time. But, you know, those are very fond memories for me. And it warms my heart when, you know, we can sell out a crowd for an all women's show. And the atmosphere is always just a little bit different than a regular wrestling card, you know, where it's guys and girls on it. There is something so supportive and so positive in the air on those nights. And mm-hmm. it, it, that's, I've just, I've, Time and time again, that I've that's been my takeaway from being on shows like this, and so I cannot wait, you know, for October to have that again and be around incredible, strong women and fans that are there to see us, you know, be our absolute best and support us. It's it's a great feeling. Yeah, we've had a, a really cool opportunity the last few years to see this over different mediums and promotions. Um, with the evolution pay-per-view we recently had nwa empower which was a lot of fun um and and had its own you know for gail kim especially some special moments and um with uh with this upcoming i you know i would say these are some of the most fun nights because every time that i've seen women's wrestlers get the opportunity to take something and to take an opportunity on a big stage they they seem to have hit it out of the park i mean obviously on impacts end, you can go back to, I brought it up a few times, but those Gil Kim awesome Kong matches. I remember when those were happening in real time and people talking about how great they were. Um, in, you know, in recent years you look at, you put, you know, Bailey and Sasha Banks in Brooklyn and give them an opportunity to have a high profile match at a large event in front of 20,000 fans completely smash it out of the park. And it's that been that kind of, you know, thing, you know, that thing where it's weird to think that several years ago, this felt like this type of energy wouldn't be possible. And it's crazy because we say that about women's basketball and we're like, well, then who is Cheryl Miller and, and these types who were absolutely crushing the game years ago? And you could say the same thing with women's wrestling when people say, well, this, you know, is, is kind of a new thing. Well, who was Minami Toyota and who are, you know, these, in, you know, like these types of wrestlers who were being that clarion call. And if they were given the right stage would have become complete mega stars. So I, totally. I, I, I think yeah, that, that is, it's such a parallel between all women, you know, women's athletics, in my opinion, is you give them the stage and the opportunity, they are going to be nothing but great, right? Whether that's, you know, basketball, wrestling, whatever sport, you mm-hmm. know, you choose. I think it's, we're all just waiting for the opportunity. And I think those initial all women cards, you know, and even, you know, shimmer on the independence and such. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, they just, we're waiting for that opportunity. And then once it came, you realized how many people, how many fans were also waiting for that. Right. And waiting to be able to totally. back us and show that support. And, you know, it's like I mentioned earlier, the attendance at WNBA games increasing, gosh, tenfold easily at Target Center. Right. Yeah. You know, they they just were waiting for the opportunity, you know, to be able to fall in love with the links and, you know, pick their mm. favorite player and see them in person and, you know, then bring yeah. their family. And so it, it's all just, you know, hey, if you give us the chance, we're going to kill it every single time. Not a doubt in my mind. 
Well, and I totally agree. And I think it's the same thing in the college game when every final four, um, it's seriously packed to the roof and it's, it's a, it's always a big event. We had the chance to go to the recent all-star event, uh, between WNBA and, and team USA and, same thing. I mean, just that energy, that buzz, and you can really feel people getting so heavily into it. Um, I, I did have to ask, and I, I brought up Manami Toyota for one reason, because I know that your, your other half, Chris Hero, could be the biggest Manami Toyota fan in the world. I've heard him talk about her quite a bit over the years, um, or at least tweet. I believe he had a famous tweet where he said she was the best wrestler in, in, of all time or something to that effect. Uh, if you've never heard of her, her highlights are insane online, but, um, I know he had a chance to join you in Phoenix. Does he follow the league much at all? Was this new exposure to the league on his end? What's What's been his relationship with the league? Did, were, did you kind of introduce him more to it himself? or has? Yeah. So Chris, my partner, is he is such a huge basketball fan. Um, his wrestling gear is actually mm-hmm. basketball inspired. You know, whatever city we're in for shows, he will, you know, take the home team's jersey and get it made into his Chris Hero wrestling gear. And, you know, he's had a ton of T-shirt designs that are the same kind of concept. And so that was one of the very first things. It was the second time I ever hung out with him. We got together to watch March Madness. And so, mm-hmm. you know, we we that's kind of one of our connections other than wrestling. And mm-hmm. he absolutely adores it. So he was, you know, familiar with the W and, and you know, a ton of the women. But he last week when we uh, we actually went to Atlanta because it's about a four hour drive for us from Charlotte. That's right. Which is where yes. we live. Yeah. And so that was his first live in person WNBA game. And he loved it. He loved it. And, you know, he's been to, gosh, countless NBA games. You know, he's a big Duke basketball fan. So a yeah. million, million college games and. And so I was so eager to take him and actually, you know, see a game in person. And he was amped to see D in person. And so it's such a bummer. She didn't end up, she wasn't even in the building. You know, she's, she's been out the last couple of games with her ankle, but um, we still just had such a great time. Mercury pulled out the one point win, kind of a comeback win. And he, uh, the thing that tickled him the most at the game was seeing Renee Montgomery uh, just mm-hmm. interacting with anybody, you know, fans, uh, two chains was there, you know, so she's talking to two chains and she just, anybody she would interact with. And, you know, she's yeah. sitting front, front and center front row. And man, she is, you know, barking at the refs and, and cheering the girls on. And he thought that was just the absolute coolest thing, you know, and it's yeah. a little bit, it's a different environment than an NBA game. And I think WNBA crowds are so supportive of just women athletics. Right. And the, woman I was sitting next to is a dream fan, but you know, Hey, the Mercury would have a good play here or there and she'd clap for him. And okay. You know, I respect that. That was good. And it's just (laughs) a different environment. And I think he absolutely adored it. And so we joked that next year we might have to become season ticket holders and just constantly driving to Atlanta (laughs) to see as many games. Why not? Yeah. No, Atlanta's going to be on a good trajectory, and, and Renee Montgomery is, has been a lot of fun watching her take that ownership role. You know, she's one of those people that she doesn't know how to be anyone else, so she's always just her in front of anyone, and Absolutely. that's her her attitude, yeah, and it's been fun to watch. Yeah, it was very cool to see her in that role. Just you know, she she played for the Lynx for how long, and so I was like, wow, this is a completely different role than I'm used to seeing her in, and it's great. It's absolutely great. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, I, you know, and, and, and for Chris's sake, 
Um, you know, Duke's got a really good pocket of, of very entertaining and very awesome WNBA talent right now between Chelsea Gray. Elizabeth Williams would have been in the building, uh, at the game you were at. Um, I know Haley Gorecki is on the Mercury staff as far as I recall now. So, uh, he's got some stuff to, to look forward to. Jazz Thomas is playing great in Connecticut. Uh, so, um, you know, if, if that helps him on, on his end, but you know, I had a feeling he would have some affinity there and would really enjoy it. Cause I, I've always told people, if you have any questions about the W, just go to a game, one game. It doesn't matter what it is, who's playing. Um, you're, you're in for life. Like the second you go to one, cause the atmosphere is, is something else. It's something special. Now I know one thing that happened in impact wrestling, uh, especially they've been a big player in this. There's all this talk about this forbidden door, right? And the, what that means to people who don't follow wrestling is, you know, impact is one of a few marquee large wrestling promotions that suddenly you're, are, are featuring performers on other promotions. We've seen impact wrestlers, uh, AEW wrestlers, new Japan wrestlers on each other's events as of recent. And it, it's kind of been a fun thing. Now let's assume the WNBA were a part of this forbidden door mix up. Are there any WNBA players you would love to eventually see in a ring? Oh my gosh. That is a great question. I, everybody that's listening obviously knows I'm flat out obsessed with D and I see the way that she can talk her talk, you know, she would fit yeah. right in. Oh my goodness! Put a mic, put a mic oh in Dee's hand, and she would be over immediately. Yeah, yeah. She would, I mean, shoot! Yeah. So I got to hear her call out like a wrestling ref. You know, I'll see you in the lobby. Yeah, I would be. I'd probably cry. I'd be so see, the, about it. The cool thing with Dee, she'd have a very. There was a really interesting thing that happened last week where Trey Young showed up at a, a raw at a SmackDown in Madison Square Garden, which was like the the best bad guy scenario possible because no one there's no worse building for him to be in the Madison Square Garden they can't stand him and in my head like DT could totally do that like I feel like she would rule but she almost has to be a heel like she has to be a uh, a kind of a villain in a way she'd be so good at it she would get so much out of people um, no I love that any any other names happen to come to mind. Oh gosh, I uh, so I love like size discrepancy in matches, right? You never you can yeah. see someone like you said who's seven feet tall, or you know a well known wrestler like Rey Mysterio who is five foot six, right? And so I, you know, I'd love to see like an Asia Wilson or a Liz, right? If we're ever in mm-hmm. Vegas, I suppose I could just bring half their team in, and you know it would be great, <laughs> and that would be awesome. Or you know, like a Tina Charles yeah. or someone that would just absolutely make the rest of us look so, so small and present just a, you know, an enormous yeah. challenge. It's I always actually, fun to see that visual, you know? Yeah. Liz is another one who could, could easily, uh, she could cut a huge, a great promo, uh, would look imposing, would look at like she, Liz Cambage is definitely one of those people. I actually once said that if I were to using WMA players to create a tag team, um, uh, my ultimate tag team, I could just stay in Vegas and do Liz and Kelsey Plum. And that's probably you've got your big, you've got your small, you've got your fast, you've got like you've got like a, a weird fun that's mix perfect. there. And shoot, Kelsey was uh, like thirty the other day, so she's yeah, she's probably feeling pretty damn good, and she she's right in. <laughs> yeah, she's such a head down athlete, and um, when you get her worked up, she totally can get heat. Like I, she yeah, that's one that really stood out to me. Um, to play a little uh, association, we had a chance to talk to a lot of players. I'd, lo- I'd love to end this to give uh, people new to wrestling or new to Impact a chance to get to know some of our Impact knockouts. So I picked 
uh, I've got just seven names for now. Um, I know we're already over time, so we may, we may cut it. We may extend it. We'll see. But I wanted to, to play some association and see if we could assign an impact wrestler, uh, to, to each of these Yukon greats. So, uh, a lot of these are names we've already talked about, but you know, when we, you know, we'll call out a name and, and if you have a name that immediately comes to mind, I'd love to hear it. So we'll start with the obvious one. And you're allowed to call yourself if you want to, but DT Diana Tarasi, who's the the DT of Impact? I I am Diana Tarasi. I I wear a bun every day. Literally on the way to the ring, I've got my bun in. You know, if you mm-hmm. see me in the grocery store, I've got my bun in. And so, I have a wrestling move named DT Three. I mean, <laughs> I love it. Yeah, yeah, man. I, I absolutely. I that just came to me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> my, I, that I was like have an. Ex- a, yeah, My brain just weird. exploded hearing that. That's so cool. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, I never thought yeah. of that. I, I wasn't joking when I said D, you know, has influenced me so much still to this day. So I, I am her. Oh, that's amazing. I'm going to, I'm going to be buzzing about that all day. Um, that's so cool. Yeah. DT definitely. I, 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 in my head, I went, if she wants DT, she gets DT. Uh, and I had a name in mind, but I, I kind of have them more in mind for the next name. Who, who is impact Sue Bird? Oh, that's a tough one. Okay, I will go with Deanna Perrazzo. I love that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, Sue is calculating and, you know, she's the point guard. She's the leader, right? And and Deanna is very calculating in the ring. She's very mat-based and with her, you know, her arm bars and such. And so I think, you know, Sue and her scientific approach to basketball yeah. is, is Deanna in the impact wrestling ring. I could see Sue calling herself a virtuosa. I think yeah, that works. Yeah, not bad. Yeah, I love that. This this is already more fun than I even anticipated. Yeah, this is great. This is also I, a great challenge for me to try to, you know, kind of figure out the girls I, I'm working with. <laughs> my gut had said Gail Kim. I like Deanna a lot, though. Um, okay, like a lot. You know what, Gail, I, I was going active roster, so... Well, yeah, exactly. So if you go if you go past their present, it opens up a lot of options. I it guess does. yeah, she did just retire. Yeah. Um, I could, I could but, see Gail. That's not a bad pick at all. Yeah, but Deanna, that's a great one. How about Maya Moore? Maya Moore, okay. Hmm. And we're sticking just UConn, just so you know. That's the theme. Yeah. Hey, that's great with me. That that makes yeah. me a happy camper. <laughs> yeah. Who is the Maya Moore of Impact? You know what? This might seem a little out of left field, but I'm going to go with Tasha Steeles. Nice. Yeah, Tasha's very athletic, and but she can be very calm. And then when that spark goes off, you know, she's right there and is super, super competitive as well. So I, I will go with that comparison. Uh, yeah, that's a great one. I had a hard time with that one because it's just how do you compare – anyone's skill set to Maya Moore um, in terms of that. But I really like that call out. That's a great one. Um, yeah. Moving on. So possibly you could argue the most successful UConn player of all time, but that's up for debate, obviously, but Bree Stewart. Oh, Bree Stewart. Okay. Who would that be? Man, this is really hard. <laughs> this is tougher than I it thought. Is. It's, it's, it can be real tough. Um, I'm rolling through the roster now to see what stands out to me, but it, you know what? I I will maybe choose my partner Jordan Grace for this one. I th- I thought the exact same thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think I will go with Jay Grace to be Stewie. Um, 
Jordan's a winner. You know, she's won on every level and she is like, Stewie is so consistent, right? Unfortunately, she's injured right now, but you know, she's very consistent. And so Jordan is also very, very consistent and, you know, just sneaky athletic almost, you know, you don't necessarily look at them and think, oh, that's going to be the most athletic, great person on the roster. And they are. And so I will go with my tag partner, Jordan Grace. I love that. I love that. Um, this, this might be a different route, but it's the same one in longevity. She showed a lot of personality lately, especially she's been tearing it up at Tina Charles. Oh, okay. You know, shoot, maybe I should have kept Tasha for this one. Oh yeah. That, hmm. that one maybe would have been good, but Hey, Tina Charles, she's, you know, in, in MVP talks right now. So who would be in our MVP talks? <laughs> you know what? I'm going to go with habit. Okay. Yeah, Havoc is big and imposing, and man, when she is on, there's nobody better, right? And like Tina Charles out here, gonna be Miss Double Double, right, this season. Mm. And so, I Havoc is that person that you know she can be good, bad. She can wrestle strong. She's like surprisingly agile, though, and Mm. she's so so nice if you get to meet her. Yeah, that's that's why I had kind of thought of Rosemary because or even like a Sue Young, because um, Tina Charles definitely can up front um, look very business. But what's been fun this year has not only been the resurgence and seeing her play phenomenally. Um, she has been more than willing to share her mind in interviews and, um, you know, call out players. And it's been a lot of fun seeing her get some of that attitude. Uh, through this year. I mean, she's always had it, but she's really been able to show it off a lot this last year. And so I don't know if there's like a, a Susan meets Susie meets Sue Young dynamic there. Of yeah. Some kind. All the versions of Sue, right? Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, how about Paige Beckers? Oh, okay. Okay. That would be shoot young, already great. Um, about to be greater. Oh, let me. Let me pick, shoot. Maybe I should have kept Deanna for that one. Deanna's still so yeah. young and has already this, done really great stuff. This was kind of my Tasha Steele's pick. Okay. Um, at first, the Chelsea Green sort of came to mind, but Tasha was one. Sure. Um, um, can we give Tasha two? Because you've yeah, got to right there. Yeah, Why not? We'll throw her in here. Yeah, no reason not to do that at all. National um, Player of the Year, Tasha. It's a good one. Yeah. Now, the last one, and I thought this would be fun. I'm interested to see if you take it either way. But this can go this can go knockout. This can go non-knockout. Some male, female. Who's the Gino Ariyama of Impact? Who is the Gino? I will say Scott Demore. I mean, you know, he's running the whole place. He's running the team. And, Love, yeah, yeah, he kind of allows each of us to flourish in our own ways and find ourselves, find our voice. and you know, he knows a good one when he sees it, just like Gino. He knows a great one when he sees it. Right. And, mm-hmm. you know, Scott kind of brings us all together to create, you know, such a unique and great show together for the fans. And and I think yeah. that's what Gino does. So I'll I'll vote my boss, my boss, Scott. I'll take it. That's, and that, that's a that's a huge uh, endorsement. Give. Yeah, I thought if it wasn't Scott, it might be Mickey James is the only other name that that fully jumped in. Yeah. Um, hey, and now she's, you know, she's back yeah. with us. And so that's, that's and, an absolute treat. 
and if you want a name that is going to help you be the best wrestler you can be, there's there's few better names than Nikki James. To, to like I do. And that's not even women's wrestling. That's just wrestling. She just gets yeah. it. And 100%. that's Gino of of just, you know, if there is a mind. I remember hearing a story. Um, and obviously this comes with sad connotation. But when, when Kobe Bryant was first starting to coach Gigi and, and do the 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 girls coaching methods, his frequent contact was Gino. He would text him in the middle of the night of, of like, how do you coach defense? What do you do in these situations? What do you do in these situations? And I was like, imagine having a direct line to, to a basketball genius, what that's got to be like. And I, I, one thing I've loved about how the environment from what I, what I can see is building over an impact is you've got a lot of those great wrestling minds who, um, can feed off of. And, and, and I'm, I'm sure that has to make for a fun environment. And I, I think with, uh, so I like that comparison with Scott and Gino. Also, two people that aren't afraid to share their mind as well, if if it comes to it. Yeah, uh, which is it's very important, right, in both fields. So, yeah, yeah Scott should be honored that I threw him in there with Gino. <laughs> absolutely. Um, so we've already taken up so much more time than we planned. I've I I couldn't have had more fun doing this. I did want to take an opportunity. Um, is there anything you'd like to call out, promote? I know you've got your pro wrestling tea store. You've got your, your big cartel um, merch page. Um, you know, is there anything else that you'd like to to promote and make sure people are in the know of, or at least know where to find you if they want to connect with you? Sure. Absolutely. Well, this has been a treat for me, really. Thank you so much. It's, it's so fun to talk basketball and just, you know, women athletics in, in yeah. general. So thank you for having me. Um, yeah. I, like you mentioned, I've got a pro wrestling tea store, you know, like 20, t-shirt designs on there i have a big cartel for other merch and then hey if people ever want to just you know talk basketball we've got the WNBA playoffs coming up so please feel free to message me uh, on twitter i'm at rachel ellering and then on instagram i'm at the rachel ellering so i yeah. i am always game to talk hoops and you know it truly was the the first love of my life so i'm i'm looking forward to the postseason and and seeing what happens here yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I hope this isn't the last time we connect. I think, uh, you know, I, if you ever need a home to just talk ball, we're, we're always here, whether it's on podcast, we have our, our weekly live streams. If you ever want to do some watch along or just talk over some things, I did have to give a merch call out though, really quick. I, um, uh, in talking with our co-hosts, uh, uh, about you and your career, you know, we came upon one of your most common promo photos of the almost the Superman punch style. Uh, pose and I was looking at you've got some really fun merch we've got to get an orange hoodie parody shirt for you oh, uh, oh my gosh of, that would be you, so great of you in that pose you know orange shirt white silhouette in that pose was perfect I think Asia did a similar one uh, with your statue pose or at least one was made yeah perfect. that so, would be oh man that would be so great that's a great idea yeah anything else you want to call it or anything else you'd like to share before we put a bow on everything no, no, I would just, you know, and by saying again, thank you for having me. And Sue, you know, gosh, please keep supporting, you know, women's wrestling and women's basketball. Um, I think there's no better league than the WNBA. And, you know, to your listeners, thank you for supporting them and, you know, in turn, inspiring a bunch of, you know, younger generations of, of girls to become strong, incredible athletes. So I, I just think it's great. It's a good environment. You guys have something great going here. Um, and the thing I will end on is y'all were wrong for putting D at number two on your top 25. Oh, no. I, oh. I, I, all out on that. I, was, 
Hey, I was wondering. Oh, incredible! But switch that around. D's got to be at number people, one. People, <laughs> people have come really hard at our lists, uh, and I, uh, mine especially, because I, I created like a point system and I, I made points for accolades and stuff. So mine was really nerdy. Like I tried to yeah, take subjectivity yeah. out of it. So I got eaten a lot. Like, Courtney Williams uh, called us out. Didn't like our list, and I was just like, guys, we tried really hard these are all just really great players I thought about asking so you about hard. your what your vote for the goat was it kind of felt like it was obvious it um, is obvious and you know I have voted every single day that, 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 <laughs> that started so it is oh. hey Tamika's a great pick but I'd swap her tonight we, too and, you know, throw I totally again like, when we were talking especially that top five but the top three we had we said at any point, you put DT, you put Sue, you put one of these type top three years in front. You don't even need to argue. We totally get it. And DT was one that I went. She was pro- I think I even said in her episode, if there was a name that if you just said, like, all you get to do is pick a name out of a hat and that's your number one. It's pro- like DT is totally like it. It totally makes sense. Um, I we don't have time because we're already over time to, to justify the Tamiki Catchings pick. But I will say there's a lot of. A lot of legs to why DT would be that pick, and I just—I was wondering if that call-out was going to happen. I was sitting here the whole time, like maybe, maybe <laughs> no, we'll play I, nice. I, we'll I, see. You guys <laughs> were so thorough with your your two shows on it, and so hey, I ranking is very very difficult. So I give you guys credit, oh, yeah. especially trying to have a point system that you know then at least you can kind of justify why you put people oh. where you did. But hey, I mean, what a great crew of women, right? So that's really the yeah. takeaway is like. There are a handful that you could say, hey, she really could be considered the GOAT, right? Whether you're yeah. just going off stat stuff or, or whatever. So, hey, that's just yeah. a testament to how great the league is and how many good ones we've seen. Absolutely. I I wish we could go on another hour longer, but thank you so much for your time. I've had so much, so much fun uh, having a chance to dive into this. Um, of course, you can follow uh, Rich Lettering over on Twitter. Or else, uh, or elsewhere, um, stay connected. I sincerely hope this isn't the last time we get a chance to to talk basketball with you here on the show. But thank you so much for taking the time with us. Hey, thank you guys for having me. I appreciate it very much.